Hello, everyone, and welcome to A2I Dyslexia Podcast. I'd like to welcome you all to our wonderful podcast that we've been producing over the years. I hope you are enjoying them, and I hope that you've listened to them and maybe apply some of the strategies in your daily life, one as a dyslexic or someone living with a specific learning difficulty. Today's podcast is titled, Is Dyslexia Misunderstood? We have a wonderful, wonderful guest with us, and I will introduce her in a second. We're going to have a conversation about is dyslexia misunderstood now some people may look at dyslexia in a different way there are perceptions uh some people think it might be a learning difference some say it's a learning style some actually think is it just reading and writing it's more than that my guest today is elizabeth wilkinson mbe um elizabeth got dyslexia and autism some people do have dyslexia and other specific, like myself. I have dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, Erlen syndrome. In this case, Elizabeth's got autism and she's also got, also got dyslexia. And we will be having a conversation around, you know, the specific learning difficulties that she's got. Now, without further ado, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the National Lottery Community Fund, Social Enterprise Support Fund and Resonance Limited for the funding that we've been given to be able to produce these podcasts to go into many homes. I'd like to invite the lovely, amazing, wonderful Elizabeth Wilkinson MBE, who's a dyslexia consultant, a dyslexia coach, a trainer, a teacher, advocate, and a campaigner. And she's been campaigning for over 22 years in this space. Elizabeth, welcome to A2I Dyslexia Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you on our podcast today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Do you know what? I was so blown away when I read your credentials and your biography and how many years you've been campaigning um, for dyslexia and specific learning. Please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background and why do you do what you do? Okay, so Elizabeth Wilkinson, but known as Ellie. Um, so once you've met me, definitely call me Ellie. And I've, I I do what I do because, well, it's my specialist interest tr- subject when I'm, so I'm autistic, as, as you've said in the introduction. And when I've been for my autism diagnosis, my mum had kind of said to the psychiatrist at the end, so, you know, what does that mean? Because he'd said, have you got any questions, mum? I was an adult when I was diagnosed, but you have to have a parent with you if you, if you have one alive. And he'd said, look, her specialist interest is dyslexia. Trust me, as a specialist interest, this is okay. (laughs) This is a good interest to have. So it just brings me great joy to work with my fellow dyslexics and empower people and teach them and just watch people fly, really. It's lovely. Wonderful. Now, you're a qualified teacher and you're a specialist learning difficulties teacher. So you've been working in this sort of area for the last how many years, if you'd like to just remind me? 22 years. Yeah, it started off um, in 1999 and did um, an OCN Dyslexia Awareness course, which just suddenly sparked my interest. It was all of a sudden there was this subject that that everything made sense. This was me. This was most of my family. And I got it. And then the more reading I did into it, the more it made sense. And the more I realised that, as you will know, it's not rocket science to explain what dyslexia is and to help people understand how it affects them. and as, as we, we've said before, you know, if you're in this field because you love it and you love helping people, that's easy to do. 
it's just working with people. Absolutely. And I think the most beautiful thing for me as a dyslexic and all the other specific learning is meeting someone who felt like there was no hope. Yes. And then, of course, once you've worked with them and they've blossomed and they've managed to either you know, complete their education or they're yeah. doing really well in a workplace or overall, they feel really good about themselves. Yes. For me, that's what I call job satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's so beautiful to see someone come out their shell. It is, it is. I, I, I work with um, lots of adults and, and one recently who's just, he's been put on hold on his development plan. And I know that the company or the organisation is working for are putting things in place for him. And I know that learned helplessness that you have from school, where when you get something wrong, it's failure, was kicking in a little bit. And But I also knew from his organisation standpoint, the things they were putting in place for him meant they wanted him to succeed. So I've been able to be that bridge between the two and just be able to say to him, trust me on this now, you're going to achieve. If this is what you want to do, you have everything in place to do it. And it's really, I got very, the reason I'm mentioning this is I, I welled up and got really emotional because I can see that potential. So like you, being able to see that happen is just lovely. You know, when you, yeah, it, it works and you, I want to sit and clap my hands. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Now, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm actually sort of um, reading your bio as I'm, I'm speaking to you as well. You, it's not been plain sailing for you, has it? Let's be honest. You've had your fair challenges with dyslexia and autism. Is, am I right in saying that? Yeah, a few, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just leads me on to the first question. So what's okay. a typical day for you living with dyslexia and autism? What's a typical day for you? It's funny, I looked at that question and thought, well, there's no typical day, really. Really blasé I was. And then I thought, well, actually, it's interesting because as, as an autistic or as somebody with autism or autistic, I, I, I have this conversation with my mum, who's 74 and has just been diagnosed before Christmas as um, autistic and the difference that's made to her. And we were saying that, you know, as autistics, we love routine. We crave routine, but we get bored with routine. <laughs> So it's like, oh, Lord, have I got to do that again? But generally, my day will start with getting up. I will go for a walk, then I'll have a shower, and then I'll have a coffee, and I'll do my gratitude list. And probably five days a week, I do a gratitude list of all the things, not all the things, because never time for that, but just at least eight things or ten things that I'm grateful for. Um, and then I'll work. And, of course, work being the thing that brings me the most joy. I spend a lot of time at work. <laughs> so yeah and then yeah. I'll finish work yeah. I'll have some food go to bed get up the next day and repeat I bet you're a bit like me Elizabeth um or Ellie shall I say yeah where you're constantly working you don't even realize it's like yeah. 11 o'clock or 12 midnight <laughs> and you're like oh I've got to go to bed now yeah. and then yeah you're so excited the next day to be able to kind of carry on from where you left yes off. um it's such a beautiful, I mean, I always say I love, love my job. Yeah. It comes with huge challenges. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> there are days when I think, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Because it is quite admin paper-based. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of um, running an organization. Yeah. Um, and it can be challenging, but like I said, when somebody's successfully you know, uh, reach their goal, it makes you feel like, yes, I've done my job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It doesn't it. And I don't know about you, but working with people who are like you every day. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. what a joy. You don't actually have to go out into the real world. I just work with people like Chris all day every day, which is just amazing. <laughs> 
Oh, bless you. Thank you so much for that, um, Ellie. What, what are some of the strengths of someone living with dyslexia and autism? What, what do they bring to the table, do you think? Um, well, it, again, one of those things is it's a, it's a flippant art, so it'll be different for, for everybody. Um, but just thinking about the people I work with, um, strengths will be entrepreneur, visual, ability to get answers to questions quickly and, and just... I work with a lot of firefighters who, you know, if I ever need a fire crew to get me out of an accident or a, a, some curious position, then I definitely would want the dyslexic fire crew because they think of alternative solutions straight away. And it's that just, out, well, to coin a phrase, the outside of the box thinking, um, empathy, leadership, just so many skills. And, and I know they're not exclusive to just dyslexics or autistics or the neurodiverse, whatever term people are using nowadays. But there is certainly a higher percentage of or a, a high caliber of people with those talents, I, I think, personally, just, yeah, creative, innovative. Amazing. And the autism would be just the focus, I presume, I presume is the yeah. thing, really. It's the, I was thinking about it today and it's just, yeah, the focus on things and the drive to achieve, which, mm -hmm. you know, if it's in a good way is a good thing. If it's climb into the top of lamppost to check the light bulb numbers not so much a good thing and quite dangerous but <laughs> when it's dyslexia that's not a bad thing <laughs> wonderful that's really amazing now this brings me on to the main um, subject that we're going to be talking about yeah. um on this podcast in your opinion would you say that dyslexia is misunderstood generally yes most definitely yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Now, tell me about maybe, you know, some of the things that you heard. I mean, you've been in this field for 22 years. I'm a baby in this area. I've been here six years. So tell me some of the things you've experienced over the years. I mean, when you tell people you've got dyslexia and autism, what's people's <laughs> reaction? I love the, the immediate reaction. It's not quite so much anymore, but it used to be, well, you don't look like you've got dyslexia. It's like, hmm. Well, that's because I don't have two heads. <laughs> It's just, it's just bizarre, and it was, and then people had realised what they'd said, and and I think I I learned early on was that if we don't understand something, then the things we're going to say might appear rude, ignorant. So actually, I, my friends and my family will always say patient is what they'll always say. Like, you know, people will say rude, or it's like yeah, but explain something to somebody. It, take that opportunity to explain what it is, and then hopefully they won't make that mistake again. Um, so yeah, just it, it's the the misnomer of talking to HR departments that will assume that their dyslexic employees can't read, write, and spell. You're like, well, actually, my dad can read a book in two hours. My mum can spell really, really well. So no, that's not the case. You know, untap those talents. It is one of those conditions that's quite complex, isn't it? Uh, dyslexia I can speak in terms of dyslexia because that's what that's the condition I live with and yeah. it can be very very complex because there are days when I can just do whatever you give me to do every task I yeah. can do it and there are days when I go to work and I, I don't know where to begin I, I'm just yeah. in a, on another planet completely the good days and the bad days. good days and bad days just like everybody ha have a good day or bad day at work but what's oh, really yeah but on steroids <laughs> what's really interesting is it's okay because I work for me or I work for myself you know I'm the founder of this organization but I'm you know it's always like when I look back and 
and look at the corporate industry I used to work in, it was always perhaps seen different. Is she lazy? Doesn't she want to do it for whatever reason? Is she running away from the task because whatever it might be that their perception may be? And, you know, I always felt like even sometimes I get confused with dyslexia. Like, where are you today, dyslexia? Are you here or are you not here? Because I don't know what I'm doing half of the time. You know, it can be very confusing with directions and where I'm going and dates and times and where I'm supposed to be. Um, do you ever experience anything complex like that in your daily work? Yeah, I do. And it's it's interesting because like you, I work, well, I work for myself, so I don't have other people around to organise. Um, and I, I find that even though I run my own business and I work for myself, I still do have to do a certain amount of paperwork for other people. Um, but I do surround myself with tasks and jobs that I'm very good at and excel at. But even so, I still get sidetracked or sidelined, what's the word I'm looking for, blindsided by um, dates and times, appointments. Um, If my one strategy isn't working for organisation, I have to practise what I preach and I have to then implement another strategy. So the plus side of working with people like me is that they get it, so there's not too much pressure. But there is a lot of pressure because I then have to be positive and work the same way. So it, it, I'm not really answering the question very well, am I? No, you are. You're yes. doing great, Ellie. Yeah, You're doing, I, I do great. Yeah. Definitely there are those things. But I tend to just practice what I preach. And the fact that on those bad days is that you just have to put the coping strategies in place and they are going to happen. And you can either beat yourself up about them or you can put your strategies in place be kind to yourself and then know that tomorrow or the next day is going to be the day that you're getting everything done and you're doing really well and you're achieving more than everybody else because on the good days we actually achieve a lot more than most neurotypical people achieve no disrespect neurotypical people but neurodiverse people are pretty cool wonderful so in your daily work of 22 years Ellie what sort of words have you heard from anybody um or someone you've worked with in the past or if it's a student or um anyone that you've worked with how they've described dyslexia and is it misunderstood for them i mean i find the whole thing quite complex i'll be honest with you i lift the condition and i do find it quite complex sometimes you just go with the flow don't you every day is a new day so have you had any students or anybody that you've worked with that have kind of asked questions like well I don't actually understand what this condition is. Everybody, all the time. And in my opinion, it's, have you heard of Dr. Tilly Mortimer? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So I read her book, the original one, um, Dyslexia and Learning Styles, with the, the black front cover with the right, white writing on. Not long after my, was it? No, it was before my diagnosis. And it just made sense to the core deficits of dyslexia. And I know there's people out there that say that it's not just that, da, 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 but actually, when you look at a diagnostic assessment, these are the major areas that are tested, short-term memory, phonological awareness, and automaticity. And once you explain what those three are, and you understand how those impact on you, I think personally, and for everybody I've worked with, life starts to make sense because you suddenly understand that yes, your short-term memory isn't that great, 
So you put strategies in place or you work out how you remember things. Your automaticity isn't that great. So that learning new skills and acquiring new skills can be exhausting. But actually, what's really great about us is our long term memory is awesome. And our visual memory and auditory memory, depending on where your skills and your strengths lie. So once you work out where those strengths are, they compensate and you can overbalance the, for the shortcomings or the short term deficits or the, yeah, all the bits that cause us issues. That's not to say it isn't exhausting and you don't know when you wake up one morning before you've even opened your eyes, that it's going to be a bad day. We do. But we know that. So it's putting those things in place and it's having that confidence to say, do you know what? I am good at what I do, but today is not a good day. Wonderful. Now, we have to celebrate our successes. Absolutely. Ellie, because I think, um, I'll speak for me, sometimes when people go, oh, Elizabeth, you're doing really well, and well done for this, and I go, oh, it's all right, you know, yeah. it's only another day's work. Mm-hmm. But you've been awarded MBE. And I think that's really, really awesome. Thank you. Because part of the work you do, yeah. you, you do it out of the goodness of your heart. We know you get paid for your own business. Yeah. But some the information day and your dyslexia awards and all the other bits you do, it's your own money that you generate into that. And you do that out of the goodness of your heart. Am I right in saying that, Emmy? You do. And you're quite right there. You've called me on my own advice there. But I have to practice what I preach. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. <laughs> I've got your and I just I really want to say congratulations for the MBE award that you've been given well done and you're a true inspiration to the dyslexia community community and we really want to say thank you ellie for the amazing work you've done in the last 22 years and perhaps another 22 years or more to to, um, to continue doing what you do. it just like you with what you do and i've said to you before the reason i reached out to you in lockdown was because i could see that you're driven to affect change and that pure of heart with what you do and it is that very thing there it's about is what drives you and it brings me great joy to do what I do and work with the people I work with and you know as you say you get up in the morning and you're glad to go to work and that's why you stay in the office till midnight or half midnight and do whatever and then stumble into bed and get up the next morning going yes I'm going to work today thank you so much Ellie is there any advice or anything you want to leave us with before we come to the end of our podcast I would say speak talk to people have conversations celebrate the the things that you achieve talk to people who are dyslexic get people in your community who are dyslexic to talk to the children who are dyslexic have them visit the schools and do talks and just be proud and if I may shamelessly say nominate them for a dyslexia award because you know those dyslexia awards are about shining stars for adults and teenagers so you've got those people that are just they shine because they do amazing things for dyslexics clearly (laughs) and then wonderful for the good educators just celebrate because the more we celebrate and the more we talk about it and the more we have the conversations and we have that safe space to ask questions and it just changes lives and just you keep doing what you're doing because it's lovely to know you're out there Oh, thank you, Ellie. Thank you. Now, when is your Dyslexia Awards? When is it this year? The awards are currently open for nominations until the 14th of July. Um, Then the actual awards take place on the 24th of September, Ingenuity in Colbertdale in Telford. Every finalist gets a free ticket to attend. 
So we really aren't about making any money. We don't sell any tickets to anybody that isn't involved. Um, and most tickets are not sold anyway. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. We're going to this year be live streaming. So anybody that can't make it, whether they're fully with COVID or they can't make it because it's too far, then they get to do that. Say if a teacher was nominated in a school, they could actually screen the awards in their school hall and have everybody attend so it's it's yeah potential for so much now which is just lovely that's really amazing thank you very much ellie for coming on to ay dyslexia podcast i'd like to say a very big thank you to our listeners as well and also a great great thank you to yola who's behind the scenes producing our podcast and also a very very big thank you to Elia Onya Morris, who's a researcher, all working behind the scenes to make this possible. I always say that you see the face at the front, but there's great people behind all this that makes it happen. And we want to say thank you to everybody. We also want to say a very big thank you to our funders again. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, with a different topic. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire All Things Dyslexia podcast is funded by National Lottery Community Fund, Social Enterprise Support Fund, and Residence Limited. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions.